0: Hey guys, so I had some technical difficulties with my editing software and the fully edited version of this episode wouldn't save. So what I had to do was, um, since I didn't have time to finish, I just, uh, kind of saved it as is. So I want to apologize for any awkward pauses or sniffles or us talking over each other. that you might hear. If anything, this will just show you how hard I usually work on these episodes. Um, But yeah, so I hope you guys will understand. And I hope that this recording isn't too terrible. Okay, back to the episode. Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode by episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Good morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of Shield podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah, and I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about season 3, episode 5, 4722
1: hours. Hey, so Mariah, how was your week?
0: It was really good. I went to a Theo Katzman concert with my boyfriend. My boyfriend. And- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 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 what are we in middle school? Ooh. Anyway, the the last time I saw Theo was around ten years ago, and so we waited for like after the show for him to come out, and I got to meet him again, and he's just as sweet as I remembered. Aww, yay! I'm so glad. He even kind of remembered me. Really? I I thought he was just bullshitting me because it was yeah. ten years. I, I, like, walked up to him, and I was, like, he he went to, like, shake my hand and introduce himself. And I was, like, we've actually met before. And he was, like, yeah, you look kind of familiar. And I was, like, bullshit. Um, (laughs) I didn't say it out loud. Yeah. But then I showed him the picture, and he was, like, oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God. And he was, like, that was House of Blues in Houston, right?
1: I was, like, yes, it was. (laughs) Oh, I love that. <laughs> it could never be me. <laughs> I know. Wow. Well, cool. Yeah. You got space um, on his own. Oh, yeah. How is, how is was your <laughs>
0: week? <laughs> I forget every week.
1: It's written on the script. I know. <laughs> Um, my week was great. (laughs) Um, my sister came to visit for her birthday this weekend, um, which was on Friday. So that was really fun. We went to, uh, she came with me for, like, a recording session, so she got to, like, see the studio and stuff, which was really awesome. Um, and then we went to a Taylor Swift night, uh, at a venue close to where I live, and then... Um the next day well, yesterday, two days I don't know what day it is. Um <laughs> the next day we went to uh this place called Mule Shoe Bend, which if anybody is from around Austin, um, you'll know that it's like that it's a giant just open field full of um like wildflowers, um, specifically blue bonnets. Um and so that was really fun. We like took chip out, and he had the time of his life, and my sister was flying a kite, and it was great. <laughs> um, and then we went to a drive-in movie, which she'd never been to one before, so that was really fun. Um, yeah. It was really cool. It was a good weekend. That sounds fun. Yeah. Shall we?
0: We shall. So, this episode was written by Craig Titley, <laughs> and... Directed by Jesse Bochco. Botchko, Wow.
1: That's a new name. We haven't heard that one before.
0: I think we have, actually.
1: Oh. I
0: haven't. <laughs> <laughs> You're hearing it for the first time. First time. So I've got a f- couple of fun facts right off the bat. And this episode had so many fun facts, and I took so few notes that I kind of... At a certain point, I just started dropping the fun facts in at random. Oh, cool. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. So if there's one that, like, doesn't make sense with what you just said, just go with it. Okay. (laughs) So in September 2015, following the airing of the season's premiere, in which the location of the character Gemma Simmons was revealed to be an alien planet, executive producer Jeffrey Bell stated that, at some point, we will fully explore what happened to her. He called it the craziest thing we've done, a different kind of episode.
1: It was definitely different.
0: It was. Um, on the series having an episode revolving around a single character, Jed Whedon said, we have a lot of people on the show, and we felt like this year was the year to start branching off into things like this, so we just committed wholeheartedly.
1: Cool. So there, there's going to be more episodes kind of like this? Yeah. Love In the that. future. It was really good. I'm glad. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who do we meet? So we meet Will. And I honestly, I just can't believe that my brother went to another planet and didn't tell me. <laughs> <That's crazy>. Will? <laughs> Will, what are you doing? What are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. All right. Let's get down to business. Let's do it. We start off with a flashback to six months earlier when Fitz finally asks asks Simmons out for dinner. And I'm so glad that they included my favorite line. Dinner? Yes, I'm sure we'll eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we see when Simmons was taken by the monolith. But this time we get to see what she went through on the other planet. And I can see now, I literally wrote this down, I can see now why it's her favorite episode. It's a Gemma episode. Yeah.
0: This episode was a departure from the norm for the series, focusing on a single character rather than the usual ensemble and taking place on an alien planet. The episode was filmed in the Californian desert with a filtering effect used to make it appear to be night on the planet as its sun rarely rises. The episode took inspiration from multiple science fiction films and bears similarity to The Martian, which was released close to the episode's
1: airing. Interesting. So, Simmons spends the first two days waiting for a rescue, waiting for a sun that will never come out. She makes notes on the differences between Earth and this planet. For example, it's similar in atmosphere, but not really much else, actually. It seems barren and dry and sunless.
0: I noticed, like, she was trying so hard not to freak out the only way she knows how, By doing science, (laughs)
1: yes, (laughs) little science baby. Um, I liked
0: when she was jumping up and down to see if it was the gravity (laughs) or if she
1: was just tired. Maybe I'm just tired. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I that's something that was so funny because I was like, if that were, I don't know that I would be able to tell that it was the gravity. I know. (laughs) I'd be like, well, sometimes the air on earth just feels heavy i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i live in louisiana yeah well you live in texas
1: okay (laughs) spent 25 years in louisiana (laughs) (laughs) but still yeah um the air is
0: always kind of heavy here
1: (laughs) anyway a new logo it was cute
0: yeah! Instead of the normal title sequence used in the season, the series title in the episode's typeface silently fades onto the screen over the backdrop of the planet Simmons is stranded on.
1: I liked it. I liked the the new font and everything. It was very very cute.
0: I'm gonna have to edit that out. I <laughs> just tried to kill a bug. Oh, okay. <laughs> it didn't work.
1: It didn't. It's not dead. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, Anyway, um, so Simmons goes off looking for water and makes sure to leave a trail behind her so that Fitz can find her when he comes to rescue her, which, of course, he's coming. Um, this includes several arrows made out of different objects, which I loved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in the meantime, though, she dreams about what their date will be like. (laughs) That was so cute, actually. It was. Um, And then she gets hit by a sandstorm and finally finds a small pond of water uh, after over a hundred hours of searching. The use
0: of the titular hours to mark the passage of time came about after the idea of the planet not having a sunrise was set, as using days was then no longer reasonable. The series writer's room worked together to break the story, which took around an hour and a half rather than the usual few weeks. Series writer and supervising producer Brent Fletcher came up with an idea to split the 4,722 hours into five acts, which each, with each written like a chapter of a book. The acts were given labels such as The Stranger and The Plan, and this structure served as the basis for Titley's script.
1: It was really, I thought that that was a genius way to, to mark the time. Um, because, like... After, after like seventy two, it means nothing to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like oh, that's a lot of hours. I would have to like do the math with a calculator to figure out how many days it's actually been. Um, so it just kind of like time loses all meaning anyway, which is what it did for them too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really a good idea. <laughs> Um, so Simmons trusts this lake a little too much (laughs) and goes swimming, um, only to get attacked by some creature that she then tries to eat. Um, it apparently tastes bad, but she catches it and then cooks it and then burps. Um, and I love that she in keeping her journal that she's addressing to Fitz, she also tells him that sh- she burped. <laughs> it's an important part of the story. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> I just rewrote that. You can go okay. ahead. Okay.
0: <laughs> the decision to dedicate an entire episode to Simmons' time on the planet was made early in the planning of the third season, so that the character could rejoin the cast early in the season while avoiding having the second season's cliffhanger, quote, feel worthless because she's back and she's fine.
1: I mean, I feel like they could have just dedicated an entire episode to Simmons just because. (laughs) Yeah. They could have done that just because we love her.
0: I like the way that they did it. Like, they could have made the first episode or like the second episode this or like when like they could have shown this before they show her getting rescued yeah but i'm glad that they didn't i'm glad that first off we got the okay she's back she's fine cool and then we get the backstory
1: yeah it's like it faked us out for a second it was good. It gives you a nice little roller coaster, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so after over a month alone, she eventually falls into a very elaborate trap set by <laughs> some guy who does not say much. Um, he holds her prisoner for a while. I don't know how long because they were still going by hours. <laughs> it was a few days. It was a while. Um, until she finally escapes by tricking him into thinking that he'd accidentally poisoned her. In her escape, she gets stabbed by his spear, and he says, it can smell blood, and then carries her back to his little hole while the sandstorm rages outside. That was very... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea what to think. Um he says this planet doesn't have rules it has moods (laughs) that was cute (laughs) it has moods um and then it turns out that he thought that she wasn't real this whole time until she just hit him over the head with a bowl which i love um (laughs) And then the classic bandage over the clothes, which didn't we talk about that in the uh, the listener email episode? Somebody Maybe? mentioned that.
0: I don't know. I don't remember.
1: Maybe that was a TikTok I that I saw. Never mind. It <laughs> might be.
0: Because I don't but remember that at all. Her,
1: when she was like cleaning her wound, she put the bandage on top of her clothes, which I don't feel like that's how bandaging a wound works.
0: It's probably easier than trying to, like, roll up her skinny jeans over stitches.
1: I mean, I guess, but wouldn't you, like, move the pants before you start the stitches? I don't know. Anyway.
0: (laughs) I'm not a doctor.
1: (laughs) It was a whole thing. Um, So uh, then we learned that the man's name is Will and that um, he was an astronaut. He's. I guess he still is. I don't know what the logistics of that would be.
0: Yeah, do you, you do you lose your astronaut standing <laughs> after a certain amount of time stranded on
1: a desert right. planet? Does he still have his job?
0: <laughs> <laughs> if he goes back, is he still employed by NASA? Right. <laughs> In casting Will Daniels, the producers wanted someone who was older than Elizabeth Henstridge, physically unlike Ian DeCastiker, and quote, doesn't look like Simmons type, to make it less clear that they would end up together.
1: Yeah. He's definitely not like Ian. And listen, no shade to Ian, because you know we the both of us, we love Ian. We are we in love, love with Ian. Ian. But this guy, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this he guy. seems more like your type. He's, yeah, he's more my type. <laughs> <laughs> the, the silent type, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Will is shocked to learn that the year is 2015. He's been here since 2001. 2001 oh my god (laughs) uh that i feel like that was when i was like oh this is why they count by hours because it's so disorienting there's no possible way that you can keep like track of time for that long Um, yeah wow that was crazy um he shares what he's learned about the planet in the 14 years since his mission from NASA began, and she lets him marvel at the technology on her phone. Um, I, honestly, that trope <laughs> is one of my favorite tropes of all time, of, like, someone from a different time period, like, being amazed at, like, a phone.
0: It <laughs> was cute.
1: I loved it. Um... One of the things that he's learned is that this planet doesn't need a sun because it has an internal heat source below the surface, including a very small vent in their underground cave. Um, And he had a name for it, but I did not write it down. So I immediately forgot it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Simmons goes, that's pretty sciencey of you. And he says, I think it's the fires of hell. And then she's like, "Okay then. (laughs) 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 That was my favorite. That was my favorite line.
0: Filming occurred in a work quarry in Simi Valley and in Northridge, Los Angeles, near the Mojave Desert during the day, with director of photography Felix Parnell using a filtering effect inspired by Mad Max Fury Road to make it appear to be nighttime. This was seen to be more practical than night shooting in the desert, given that almost every scene takes place during the 18-year-long night on the planet. Because of this, the production struggled with the
1: intense heat of the desert. Mm, I bet. I did think that it was interesting, um, wait, sorry. I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Damn it. Oh, um, the, so... The planet does have a sun. It just doesn't ever... It, like, is so slow to, to like, rotate that you never see the sun unless you're at a, on, like, the other side of the planet. So the other side of the planet gets 18 years of sunlight and then, like, five minutes of darkness?
0: I don't know. That's a good... That's breaking my brain. I can't think <laughs> about
1: that. <laughs> That's crazy.
0: One of the goofs actually was that they make the, uh, the, the very common science fiction mistake of assuming that the entire planet is exactly the way the place
1: that they have landed is. That is interesting, yeah. That... <laughs> <laughs> because they certainly don't go very far. They stay in they stay underground most of the time. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so, over dinner, Simmons tells Will that Shield has the monolith now, and Will explains how he got there, um, how the NASA the NASA mission started with three other astronauts as well, but they were all taken by It. Pennywise. (laughs) 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 Having the NASA astronauts travel to the planet
0: in 2001 was a reference to 2001 A Space Odyssey, which also featured a monolith. While Titley named Daniel's fellow astronauts after his favorite cinematic astronauts, Austin from The Six Million Dollar Man, Taylor from Planet of the Apes, and Brubaker from Capricorn One. Interesting.
1: Interesting. Um <laughs> There was like a A sandwich shop In, Lu- in Baton Rouge called Brubachers, which is pretty <laughs> That's all I can think about now <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had a sandwich For dinner
1: <laughs> Specifically a po' boy shop But that is
0: huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not just Any sandwich A po' boy Uh Anyway, whatever it is, it makes people go insane and either kill themselves or someone else. Simmons tries to offer the theory that maybe the other astronauts that uh, that maybe the other astronauts just went mad from the isolation, but Will reminds her that astronauts are trained and screened to withstand years of isolation. The only explanations are that Will is right about it or that Will was the one who killed everyone which are very interesting options. Um, But yeah, that was, that was something to think about is that like astronauts, every time somebody goes, every time there's like a mission to space, there is a chance that like you can, something will go wrong and you can just like die in space or just like be stranded forever <laughs> yeah. and that is why I am terrified of outer space <laughs> um, Will is the blueprint <laughs> for my fear um, anyway so <laughs> Simmons says that they will have to work together now to get home even though Will's only focus is survival he gave up on going home a long time ago they agreed that Simmons will be the ho- voice of hope and Will will be the voice of doom so that they can keep each other in check as they work together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Elizabeth Henstridge described the episode as, quote, a coming-of-age story. I think we see Simmons at the start, and she's never really been combat-ready. We see her have to survive, and just to see her go th- on this journey from complete despair. Henstridge also noted thriller elements in the episode.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was really cool to see Simmons in such a different environment. Like, she's so used to being, to having some kind of team around her, or, like... Yeah. um, Even when she was, like, undercover with Hydra, like, that was a very dangerous situation, and she thought that she was alone for it. But she still, like, was able to work with other people, and, like, she had someone on her side to like help her out and like she wasn't entirely alone but in this particular case like even before she found will or will found her she was literally by herself for a month yeah um so yeah it was really cool um so several months later over dinner again the two talk about the things that they miss from Earth, mostly food, uh, relatable. Um, and then Simmons finally shows Will a video of the S.H.I.E.L.D. team, specifically of Fitz. And Will's like, seems like a little more than a best friend, huh? <laughs> you get things, Will. You see things. <laughs> I, see, I get you. <laughs> Simmons asks if Will has anyone in his life and things get a little more awkward than they should be between two people who kind of need each other to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Simmons cuts the evening short and goes to bed where she says goodnight to Fitz and also to Will. Oh no, she caught feelings. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm falling in love. Anyway. (laughs) Um, so another two months later, Simmons, listen, Simmons is so bad at talking about her feelings. It doesn't matter who they're about. (laughs) They had that one moment and after like several months of like being stranded together and they never talked about it. And then they had that one awkward moment. And then two months later, (laughs) <laughs> they still haven't talked about it.
0: <laughs> um, How very British of her.
1: <laughs> honestly, Fitz is so lucky that they even got to the point of asking each other on a date because this is literally the only other person on this planet and she still won't talk to him. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> anyway, so another two months later... Simmons finally says that she wants to go to what we'll call the no-fly zone. He forbids her, but she goes anyway, obviously. Um, and she finds a sword and some alcohol and several skeletons. But then the sandstorm comes again, and this time there's someone or something in it. Mm.
0: On how much the episode shows the entity on the planet... Botchko and Titli compared it to the shark in Jaws, with this episode just showing its fin from time to time, and a bigger reveal of the creature coming in a later episode.
1: Yeah. It was very ominous. Honestly, the <laughs> this is so stupid, um, but with <laughs> its, like, cloak and everything... The only thing I I could think about was um, the hash slinging slasher from SpongeBob. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, that's all.
0: (laughs) So we're trying to remember the (laughs) something something
1: slab, right? The 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 slash bringing the hash dinging the hash slinging slasher. (laughs)
0: i don't know my spongebob references
1: it's okay i know them for the both of us they're just ingrained in my brain they will never leave (laughs) i haven't (laughs) watched spongebob in years i named my dog after spongebob episode it's just it's in there i don't know (laughs) um so Then we see the scene from the start of the season where Simmons is running away from something uh, before she finally makes it back to Will and the cave door. They make it under just in time, of course. Um, Will says that he knew about the proof of other people out there. He just didn't tell her about it because he knew that she'd want to see it, but he thought that it was too dangerous. And like, I get that they needed some kind of conflict between them. However, he kind of did tell her about it. Sort of. (laughs) Like, I would have assumed that his, like, fellow astronauts' bodies were out there somewhere. um, And, like, people have been being sacrificed to this thing for millennia. um, So they can't be the only people who ever traveled there. Um, and he also, ex- when she saw the name of this area on his map, he she asked about it, and he said that only bad things happen there. I feel like that's telling her about it, <laughs> in my opinion.
0: <laughs> well, you have to remember S- Simmons doesn't know anything about the monolith at this point. Like,
1: oh yeah, she
0: doesn't know that people have been sacrificed
1: to it. I guess, but I, I mean, she could have asked more when he said only bad things happen there. Like, what do you mean? What does that mean? I I would have assumed that that's, like, where his, uh, his fellow astronauts' bodies were. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um... So Will tries to get Simmons to agree to stay underground for now, from now on, but she says that she finally knows how to get them home with the Star Tracker that she found, uh, which she also found when she was in the new Fly Zone, and I did not write that down, um, (laughs) (laughs) or with NASA's Star Tracker Pathfinder thing. But the catch is that she'll have to use the rest of her phone battery to power it all up. And then if it doesn't work, she won't even have the photos and videos of Fitz and Shield with her anymore.
0: So Simmons is shown using her phone for a long time after arriving. She mentions after a month conserving battery power and later on that Fitz engineered an improved battery. After 1,490 hours, 62 days, she is shown playing a video. After over 3,000 hours, 125 days, she's still using the phone, and it has enough power to interface with the old NASA computer. The iPhone 6, which was the current model as of the 2015 air date, when fully charged, had up to 10 days slash 240 hours slash 14,400 minutes of standby time. Using 15 minutes of battery per day would allow the phone to be used for 960 days, well in excess of the 196 she was there
1: okay but 15 minutes of doing what <laughs> <laughs> i feel like different different things require
0: different amounts of battery
1: yeah like like yeah if you just turn it on and then don't touch anything for only 15 minutes and then turn it off yeah okay the battery would save but if you try to open any app (laughs) it's gonna use more
0: (laughs) yeah I uh I can't recall if that's a goof or a fun fact I think it was a fun fact but if it was a goof and it was like it doesn't make sense that her battery would run out if you know she's using the iPhone 6 <laughs> yeah it makes sense that her battery would run out if it's powering a fucking computer
1: yeah for sure
0: like a also, large computer not I, not a not a pocket sized computer
1: <laughs> yeah i i didn't realize that it was an iPhone 6 cuz i saw it and i was like i was like oh my god it looks like mine <laughs> <laughs> But that's just because modern phones don't have the button. And mine still does. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, she decides that it's worth the risk. Um. So they get the Pathfinder up and running for a few days. And uh, right before it dies, she figures out the next spot that the portal will appear. Unfortunately, it's in the no-fly zone. A 40-mile hike away... A 40-mile hike and a large canyon away. Simmons reminds Will that he said he can't resist anything with impossible odds, and he has two weeks to figure out a plan. So, get to it! (laughs) (laughs) While Will builds their ride across the canyon, Simmons explains that she learned about the stars from her dad when she was on bed rest as a kid due to scoliosis. Um... I love that backstory. Yeah, that was cute. Once they find the portal, the plan is to throw a message in the bottle. Is to throw a message. La 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 la. Once they find the portal, the plan is to throw a message in a bottle through to give Fitz all the information that he needs to open it and keep it open. For example, the portal opening isn't random. It's connected to the moons on this planet the way that our moon is connected to the tide.
0: I was so engrossed in the episode. I I wasn't taking any notes. <laughs> like, I got to this point in the episode and I was like, oh, shit. I've taken, like, one <laughs> note.
1: <laughs> right. Honestly, it was really hard for me to take notes just because of, like, it, the way that it was flowing was so seamless. Like, I was like... I didn't know where to, like, pause and, like, okay, well, let me sum up what just happened. And, like, it was so good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyway, so on their hike, they talk about the first thing that they'll do when they get back to Earth. Will says eat, obviously. And Simmons says she's gonna eat in the shower and fall asleep doing it. (laughs) Efficiency queen. (laughs) Will says that NASA believed this planet used to be paradise, a Garden of Eden, but something happened to make it so barren.
0: So, you didn't note this, but uh, Will brought a gun for it. Oh, yeah. Um, And Gemma was like, you have a gun? (laughs) (laughs) Of all the shocking things that have happened, she is most shocked by Will having a gun?
1: She's not from America! (laughs) 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 she's like they're just
0: out here giving astronauts guns
1: (laughs) what would you need a gun for in space uh? (laughs)
0: okay um On how continuity was emphasized during the making of the episode, Bochco explained that for each of the episode's five acts, there was a different stage of hair, makeup, and wardrobe so the crew could depict the physical changes to Simmons as time progresses. Rather than try and film the episode in complete order, which was impossible to do due to location scheduling needs, the production just tried to avoid changing from one stage to another and then back again.
1: I love that. I'm trying to think of, like, her... her looks throughout. I guess at one point... Because, like, at first, she was still... She even still had her shirt tucked in and stuff. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then... her hair, like, got let down, and then she took off, like, her her button down shirt at one point and like and then she was wearing his clothes at some point, right? Or like or like one of the other astronauts old I'm I'm I
0: can't things. remember.
1: It's possible. Anyway. Anyway. It was they did a good job. I liked I liked that um yeah. progression. Um so they finally make it to their canyon just across from where the portal will open. But the canyon is way bigger than they could have imagined, and the portal has already opened. They try to just shoot the bottle from where they are, but it's a split second too late. The portal closes. Simmons has lost all hope, but Will has gained some of Simmons. And then I love well, I love when the You oh. said Will
0: has gained some of Simmons.
1: Some of Simmons is. <laughs> but Will has gained some of Simmons's hope that well, hang on. Oh my God. How am I going to say that? Simmons has lost
0: just the way you wrote it. Simmons has lost all hope, but Will has gained some because of Simmons.
1: Oh, because of, I was skipping over the word. Simmons. (laughs) I was skipping over the word because, okay, that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Simmons has lost all hope, but Will has gained some because of Simmons and I love when the voices of hope and doom switch. As he comforts her through her breakdown, then they kiss. Uh, I have such complicated feelings about
0: this story because I remember at the time of watching this being pissed that they introduced (laughs) a love triangle with Fitzsimmons. I specifically remember thinking and tweeting That it was, like, the laziest, most uninspired plot they could have possibly come up with. (laughs) But now I'm older and wiser, and I can see the nuance in it a little more. So, I was excited to rewatch this with, like, a more critical eye and a less critical eye at the same time.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It is, like because 2015 there was a lot of love triangles on There was a lot <laughs> of love PDF. triangles on TV. That was And I was
0: also at Was I still was Glee still on at that point? I had been I had been burned before because of Glee. <laughs> I had been burned too many times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think it works because Because she didn't start liking him until... Well, you could see her, like, trying to push down feelings until she lost hope, and then she was like, fuck it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so on the moment, speaking of, on the moment where Simmons loses hope, Hinstridge explained... I never thought we'd see her get to that place. It justifies her relationship with Will, too, because she was ready to end it all and he was the one who pulled
1: her back from the brink. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, they're just. There just are so many emotions going on all at the same time. Yeah. And, like. And they're literally the only two people on the planet. <laughs> So where else are you going to yeah. put him? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, like, I, I can understand it more now as an adult. Yeah. And knowing that she didn't think that she was going to make it back at all.
1: Yeah. Like, she lost hope. Yep. I can definitely see 20-year-old Mariah being very angry about this, though. <laughs> <laughs> I very much was. <laughs> um, so then weeks later, they've moved their little cots together. That was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> they just like rearranged their little cave and now they're just sleeping with, next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, they get ready and head out. They're going to watch the first sunrise in 18 years on this planet. Also, Will went back for the wine from the graveyard, so they have something to celebrate with. Cute. Even though it's vinegar. Even though it's vinegar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Concerning the relationship with new character Will Daniels, the executive producers worked with Titley to try to make it feel earned in the episode, given the fan following of Fitzsimmons. Executive producer Jed Whedon also noted on this that the episode wasn't a story about the two of them on this planet, but a story about Fitz hearing this and how he will respond. He breaks your heart at the end, she breaks your heart, and hopefully you're feeling for all three involved.
1: Yes, definitely. I love that in <laughs> in the quote they put the, <laughs> the definition of Fitzsimmons.
0: <laughs> yeah. I skipped over that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but yeah, The potential for sure.
0: relationship between Simmons and Leo
1: Fitz. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like um I like that he he specified this is a story about it it this is this episode is Fitz hearing the story. It's not just what happened it's how simmons is telling it yeah um yeah
0: and uh you were talking about having added up the amount of hours and things like that the number of hours in the title 4722 is equivalent to about six and a half months wow
1: that's a long time
0: yeah, and then Simmons and Will only really got to be together for, like, three months of that, if that.
1: If that, yeah. You mean, like, like romantically?
0: Yeah, like, together, together.
1: I think it would have been less, because from the time they uh, shot the... The flare through to the time that Fitz went through was not very long. I don't know. What are
0: you talk? No. Uh. No, like F- Simmons and Will yeah. being being in a relationship.
1: Yeah. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> JK, JK, JK. I don't know. I'm Never so mind. confused. My brain broke. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so... <laughs> while they're waiting for the sunrise, f- that's when Fitz's flare goes through. Simmons and Will race toward it, only to be interrupted by it. Will tries to take it on himself and push Simmons towards Fitz's voice. Her
0: screaming, changing from Will to Fitz. I know. My God.
1: That was what, that broke my heart. Mm. And then she still is, like, calling for both of them at the same time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, so... Back to present day, and we find out that this was Simmons telling Fitz the story of how she survived and begging for his help to save Will. Fitz immediately gets his satellites and radar and whatever set up, and he's automatically determined to save Will. Fitz is perfect. Truly.
0: How is he the perfect man? (laughs) Like you I, hear this woman that you are in love with talking about a man that she was
1: in love with. Yeah, yeah, and he like didn't even hesitate. There was there was no. He didn't even have time to feel any type of way about it. He just was like, "Okay, let's do it. Let's let's save him." Yeah. Uh, Fits. So now it's time for the post content content. <laughs> Will is alone for the fir- for the few minutes that the sun is out. He's used his last bullet and he dejectedly walks back towards his cave as the sun quickly goes down. <laughs> Poor Will. Poor Will. Ugh, I hate <laughs> that he like that he, like, he looked at the gun like he was going to turn it on himself, but then was like, I don't, I, I used it.
0: Yeah. <sighs> so, God. overall thoughts?
1: Oh, I can see why this is your favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, like we both said earlier, I truly did not know how to take notes because I was so, I was so in the story.
0: It's a fantastic episode. Truly. My thoughts. Um, I have one major thought and a few <laughs> fun facts. Okay. My one major thought is give Elizabeth Henshridge her Emmy. Yes!
1: Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> it would have been well deserved.
0: Yeah. So, the episode received an overwhelmingly positive critical response, with praise going to its bottle episode nature and Hinstridge's performance, as well as to the storytelling, which was generally seen as overcoming predictable or familiar plot beats. Many critics called it the best episode of the series. Wow. Wow. Henstridge was named TV Line's Performer of the Week for the week of October 25th, 2015 for her performance in this episode, particularly for appearing throughout the whole of it and for the more heartbreaking scenes near the end. The episode was named one of the best best television episodes of 2015 by The Atlantic. In June 2016, IGN ranked the episode as the best in the series.
1: Aw, I'm so proud of them. Good job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And around 22 minutes of extra footage was shot for the episode that had to be cut, including a subplot in which Simmons loses her grandmother's necklace and Will finds it for her.
1: Aw. Man. (laughs) Honestly, it's probably good that they didn't include that, because I... (laughs) That would have been too much. Your heart
0: can't take it.
1: I would have been sobbing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So that concludes our episode on Season 3, Episode 5, 4,722 hours.
1: Oh, I'm exhausted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we'll be covering Season 3, Episode 6, Among Us Hide, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. I love you.